Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 23rd day of May, 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 66. We are going to begin with paragraph number three. We turn back to the list, and we're going to read two paragraphs to begin with. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Ken, 12 Traditions, Julie, and then Sharon R.S., Hoodie, and Kim. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 22nd day of, of May, um, is 6380. 6380. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strengths, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Ken to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, being next exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Ken. And I will now ask Julie to please read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in manners affecting others, other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 66, and we are going to begin with revisiting, rereading uh, paragraph 3, and we're going to read two paragraphs. And I will ask Sharon R.S. to please start reading for us. Well, good morning, Monica, and thank you very much. Good morning to all of uh, you on the line. This is Sharon, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. We turn back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, 
had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we could would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. They, like ourselves, were sick too. It took me a long time to realize that I was sick, not just physically, and that it it wasn't just about the food. I was sick in my approach to life. There was a distortion in my seeing. Basically, I... My approach to life was all about me. I was selfish and self-seeking, and and I didn't see the impact that my behavior had on other people. I thought that if, as long as I was just thinking about me, then I was certainly not being harmful to other people. And as I came to the realization that that I was like that toward, you know, they talk about the man who's roaring through life and and not seeing the damage that he's doing on other people. And, And he's like the, you know, after the storm coming up out of the storm cellar and saying, well, Ma, look at, um, uh, well, at any rate, not seeing all of the damage that that has been done. And that was me. And I didn't realize how I had been impacting other people. And that's when I began to realize that. Then it became easier for me to accept that the harm that had been done me to me was not necessarily personal. It wasn't a lot of people harmed me what i what I felt as harm, and they didn't realize the damage that they were doing because they were just looking at life from their own point of view, and they were being selfish and self seeking and they and they were pitying themselves, and so that really helped me and in wrapping up my what I'm speaking about here, the the last point that I want to make here is that God save me from being angry. Save me from being angry. Because all of my resentments and anger toward the harm that had done been done to me the only person that it was hurting 
with me. I am the one. And in the side of my book here, God removed the cancer from me because that anger and resentment was like a cancer to me. It was preventing me from living life fully. My resentment and anger toward the people that had harmed me who were like me, ill, was turning around and affecting me. And again, it was, it was all about me. It was, it was uh, holding on to that anger was just more of the same, more of the same, and keeping me down. And it was still selfish, self-seeking, and self-pitying. And I'm just grateful that I was able to see myself and see how my resentment, holding on to resentments toward other people was really harming me and letting go, releasing them, accepting that they, like me, had their blockages and their limitations. That was freeing. And that was the best thing that I could ultimately do for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And would anyone like to share on this paragraph, on the second paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. This is a Can I share? Go ahead, Katie G. and then Bella. Thanks, Monica, for your service. And thanks for everyone who's on the line. Katie G. recovered. For today, thank you, God. <laughs> this second paragraph is phenomenal. You know, like... These resentments are going to kill me, right? I have a life and death illness. I never ate lightly, and I don't do my recovery lightly. And when I got to this point in the, uh, the chapter of how it works, not why it works, I had a course, right, a course, a plan of action. And um, I, <laughs> I had such a spiritual awakening with this sick man's prayer. I was in the middle of doing my four-step turnarounds. And my sponsor's like, oh, well, are you praying to these people? And um, I was like, yeah, this person is spiritually sick. You know, help me be compassionate and tolerant. And uh, she goes, let's open the book. And I love it. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps uh, spiritually sick. They like ourselves. They like me, KDG. They like me. And, um, you know, these perceptions and these wrongdoings of others, I am sick in my head. Where's the main problem that we've established from the beginning, right? Main problem is my head, you know, and um, I, my selfishness is that I make your behavior about me. Like I think if you're, you know, doing something and it gets in my way that, that somehow I've done something that my security comes from you. And then I'm like, all right, you're on my, you're on my killer list. Like I, I don't know how I don't know how to handle you. Um, and my sponsor said to me, Katie, the actions or non-actions of others have nothing to do with you. How can I be helpful? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. Not Katie G being an actor, being the director, saying, No, you know what? I there's um <laughs> there's somebody at work right now, and we share a desk space. And what's my selfishness? I want her to back off. And give me my space. You know, the lie is that it's my space. What's the truth? How can I be of service? How can I help this woman? My self-seeking is I'm taking it personally. She's in my way. 
you know? And what is my fear? That I have no value. But it's because I'm placing my value on her. And what I just did, what I just said aloud, is what, I, what I've been taught is the, is the turnaround, this key to our future, being prepared to go to the other side of the courtroom and to stop pointing my finger and start having a bigger mind and a bigger heart around other people, that other people operate in this world too. You know, and I'm just so grateful for this privilege to be able to change my perspective every day, you know, like any time in the day when someone else's behaviors bother me, I am the problem. And if I am the problem, God is the solution, you know, and I am so grateful and blessed to be able to pray for other people because it allows me to be of service, you know, and to do these turnarounds and to have this shift has created so much awareness and I've become one among many, right? Like, I'm not special anymore, and that is such a gift. So if you're writing, keep writing. If you're new, you want a life changer, get a sponsor, follow the steps. And uh, with that, I do pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. And Bella, you're up. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. A sick friend, such a powerful words. Um, before the program, I didn't have friends. I have, I had resentment, and I, I had enemies. I live a kind of a war. I wanted to be a winner, and if I am a winner, you have to be a loser. There is no such a thing. The two winners will, will be together. I was very much self-centered, and I didn't even know that I am self-centered. I wanted my power. I wanted my control. And I, I, I was so much into myself, into pity myself, that I didn't think that I can give. I just wanted to I didn't think how much can I give? I didn't believe I can give. I wanted to get. And how much I, I, I was getting, it wasn't enough because I didn't feel I am getting. I was busy in pitying myself, in um, uh, being a people pleaser. And it's, wow, it was a war. I really lived in a war. I was busy being in a war to and to 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 be to be a winner and thank god not anymore and now that i am in the program thank god i can see a friend no more enemies because i i am connected to god yes i know that i am here to do god's will and not mine will now I am thinking, yes, I am a messenger, a messenger not of myself. I am a messenger of God. What God wants me to do, I am thinking now, what can I give? And always, always, how much I give, I always get much more. Because to give, it's two sides. When you give, you get, and when you get, you give. But it's only when I am connected to God, when I know that, yes, I don't want to be angry because somebody, everybody is here as a messenger from God. 
And yes, there are some sick people. And, you know, every single sick people, yes, I want it should be recovered. So I just have to pray for them, to ask God to release them from their sickness. And it's such a relief that I know I am... I am not doing, I am not willing to do my will today. I am here to do God's will, and it's a freedom. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Sarah. Sarah. Sharon, Colorado. Leah. Sharon. Leah. All right, it's going to be Sarah, Sharon, and Leah. Go up. Um, Sarah, you're up. Okay, thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, everybody. I'm glad you're all here, and I'm glad I'm here. Uh, as a friend of mine says, I'm, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not all there. <laughs> uh, my name is Sarah. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, it's uncanny. You know, if I take the first paragraph that I that we read, and I see that it says. Uh, first of all, that the people dominated me uh, when I was in this resentment, and it's asking me, you know, how can how can we escape? And it says that the resentment had to be mastered, but how? So this this particular paragraph that we just read is telling me how I can escape my resentments. So I guess for me, um, you know, I was when I came in, I was pointing the finger at everybody else. And what I realized is that, you know, as they say in recovery, you know, the three fingers were pointing back at me, and that the reality is that, you know, I have a spiritual sickness, and that that spiritual sickness comes out in me thinking that I'm different, I'm terminally unique, that somehow I'm better than or less than. And either one of those does not place me in a position to be right-sized. And that's what the the incredible... Um, uh, divinity that came through this book through Bill Wilson and, and Bob Smith and the other hundred that were recovered, you know, talking about the idea that we are sick too. We get to finally connect with people, not only with a higher power, which we have to, con- you know, connect with at first, you know, through the second and third step after we admit our powerlessness, but but the fact that we can finally connect with people because that's been my problem. My problem is living. And, you know, I have to go back to page 552 in the fourth edition because, um, you know, not only is this, you know, we call this the resentment prayer, you know, that, um, you know, we ask God to help us. That's a prayer whenever it says asked in the book. And I know for myself, whenever I have and typically my resentments stem around my family issues. I don't know about you, but I have things that come up. And I think it's really, uh, after all these years of recovery, I think what it's about is it's about I'm afraid to be hurt. I'm afraid to have somebody take something from me or, you know, I'm I'm not seeing myself as um, as imperfect and, and feeling okay with that and trusting that God is with me. And so, you know, in praying this prayer, I can pray this prayer, but I also, you know, can go back to page 552, and it says if you want, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. Uh, if you will ask 
in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Um, and, you know, if I really have something that's gnawing at me, I can I can do that prayer in the back of the book. But this during the day, if something comes up, you know, and, and the way we're able to be of service, how can I be helpful to him? How can I be helpful to him? Because in the midst of my of my resentment, it's all about what I want, who I am, how I feel. I don't have the consideration of the other person and who they are. So, you know, the, the fourth step, we're in the fourth step. This is really allowing me to finally come to the place where I'm not better than or less than. I get to get right-sized and see that we're all wounded people, all of us. All, the whole world has wounds. And it's our defects come out and how we deal with those wounds. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Sharon, you're up. Oh, thank you, Monica. And uh, welcome to everyone out on the line. And this is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And these three paragraphs just um, begin that process that God begins to do in our minds and my mind uh, was very sick, um, but first, you know, the paragraph that tells us this is this is the way it is. This is reality. We can't hang on to resentment. It's fatal. It will kill us. It's grave. We will die. We will go back to uh, alcohol or food, and uh, those are poison for us. So that's our dilemma. And then the next paragraph, I just zero in on it, says, whether they're fancied or real, they dominated us and they have the power to kill again. And so how do we escape? We can't master these resentments any more than we can master alcohol on our own strength. So here was the course. So this was the beginning of God working in our minds to change all those distorted ideas that we held on to. And boy, did I have a lot of them. Um, by saying this prayer, you know, each time we go through that list and we, we write who we're angry at, the cause, what it affects, and then we go back and one by one by one by one, we pray for this person. Whether we feel it, doesn't matter. Whether we believe it, doesn't matter. We just begin to pray for that person and to follow these directions that perhaps these people are sick just like we are sick. So we include ourselves in this. It's not that they're sick and, you know, i got to pray for them. And then we ask God to help us show them the same love, tolerance, and pity, patience we would grant a sick friend. And, um, and when they offended, that's what we have in those first two, three columns. Yeah, they offended. Um, we say to ourselves, this is a sick person just like myself. God, how can I be helpful to this person? And God, save me from being angry. So that's the beginning of God working in this mind of mine and my willingness to have my will be in line with God's will with each one of these things that I've just listed. And that's the beginning, the beginning of being set free from this bondage that twirled around in my mind. I remember years ago um, in... uh, AA, someone tell me, you're a very mentally violent person. I wasn't one to spew out a lot, but boy, did I carry ill will in my heart and in my mind. And I could spew it out too. But um, So anyway, um, you know, we just see God's beginning to work through, this, through all these pages. But here, 
He really begins to do that work in our mind to free us. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Monica. Thank you, Sharon. And Leah, you're up. Thank you so much, Monica, for your service. Good morning, everybody. I'm Leah, recovered compulsive overeater. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. Um, I can just tell you that, you know, this piece was a real ticket to freedom for me is to start, you know, viewing, changing, you know, the vision of the lens to which I look at, you know, some of these individuals that why can't I understand these people as being spiritually sick? I certainly understand people who have physical illnesses. Uh, Why can't I start looking at these individuals um, as people who are spiritually sick, much like myself, that they are incapable of doing any better. At least I have a program. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm blessed with a program. I'm blessed with a path. It's a narrow path, but I have a path. Um, So this allowed me um, a whole different vision. You know, it says to get over uh, drinking. You know, we have to have a change in our thought and our attitude. And this allowed a change in my thought and my attitude that if people are in pain spiritually, why can't I understand that? I was in spiritual pain. So I think it's a spiritual truth that when a person harms someone else, that person harms herself or himself as well. You know, every time I acted out, it was really an injury on my on my soul as well. Um, and that, you know, when when we're spiritually sick, we're not able to fulfill our human potential, and that that is a tragedy. It certainly was a tragedy for me not to fulfill my potential, not to, um, you know, be able to live up to what God would like me to live up to. That's a tragedy of my human spirit and my human heart. So once I was able to have that understanding, that aspect of the spiritual sickness, that really helped me deal with people who perhaps had done awful things, who perhaps uh, had really um, inflicted some harm, and, ab- and I was able to pity them. And pity doesn't mean um, forgive them necessarily. What it, what it means is that I accept what happened. I accept it. I accept it. I'm not resisting it anymore. I'm not fighting it anymore. Acceptance does not mean agreement. It means that I have accepted something as having happened. And it doesn't mean that I agree that it should have happened. It just means it has happened. And thank God I have a program of recovery that allows me to look at this individual or these individuals as spiritually sick, just like I am spiritually sick. And this prism change, this change in the lens to which I viewed my world, really, really was a ticket to freedom because um, that allowed me to start taking responsibility for my thoughts. And these steps allowed me to start taking responsibility for my feelings. And the application of this work allowed me to start taking responsibility for my perceptions and for the way that I behaved and take responsibility for my life. For my life. And when I was aligned with that, then I could invite my higher power into my life and my life could be changed. And indeed it was and is. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is 
Zippy? Hi, Zippy. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Zippy, a recovered compulsive overeater. Hi, everyone on the line. Um, Wow. Step four is just an amazing process, and I had to really learn to trust the process. And what really opened my eyes was when I turned I turned my resentments around and even in the most in the people that I thought were the sickest, even people that abused me or that I was really pointing fingers to and wondering how I will ever be able to get over that resentment when I prayed that God should show me my part in their behavior. I was able to see that and that was such a freedom and it was such a learning process. Like I had to see myself for me to get over it because I tried other uh, other processes of doing the 12 steps and I just wasn't getting recovered. I had to go into a real thorough inventory and Every time, every time I prayed in my, I might not have gotten the thought in my mind right away, but God just showed me how I was just like them. I always grew up learning that if you spot it, you got it. That if you see something negative in someone else, God is showing you that to improve your own character defect. But I was never able to do it, or maybe I just never really took the time. And I'm so grateful to, to this process and way of doing the 12 steps. And now whenever things happen, I realize God is my personal trainer. He wants me to get better spiritually because I'm making that choice and I want it myself. So like if I walk to God, he'll run to me. And you just see it throughout your day and living in recovery. It's And it's so uplifting. People that I mean, I had people on my list. I did did this when I was 52 years old. I was carrying my third grade teacher on my list and, and on my shoulders. And that's a heavy load to carry. That's a heavy load. And that was really true. And I understood that this is the only way I'll get out of the food, that my obsession will be released. And life does go on. And things still happen to me throughout the day. And and in this process, in this growth, I real I realize that I don't even react that way anymore. And sometimes I don't even see it. And I work with colleagues, and they might point things out, and I say, and I see the change that the queen critic. I was great at taking other people's inventory. I mean, whoa, that that was my forte. And um, it's just amazing to see the change. And that's where the serenity is, and it's courage. That's part of our serenity prayer, the courage to change the things I can. And if I was able to do it, I think everyone is able to do it. And it's just an amazing way to live. And thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Zippy. And this is Monica. And I would like to share here. So here we are in the chapter, How It Works. They are going to give us explicit directions on how to do this, how to change. And so they were telling us, you know, we're going to look at things a little differently. So here's the first thing we're going to look at a little differently. This was our course. We realized that people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. That they 
like ourselves, were sick too. So there's already a little change going on in my thinking here that I never had before. And so the book gives us a prayer. We ask God. Remember we said back in steps one we were powerless, and in step two that we needed a power greater than us, and in three, what we were gonna, you know, we're gonna lean into this higher power here, and we're gonna, we're gonna give them, you know, we're gonna work on a relationship here. So here we have a prayer to this higher power, asking us, asking Him to help us change, to help us look at people a little differently than what we've been looking at. You know, they are sick too, and this is a wonderful, powerful prayer. And when you're busy praying for somebody else, it gets you out of your head. Things change. Things happen. And to just think, you know, God, they're they're sick too. That can give you that can be a beginning of relief for you right there. And um and with that I'm going to pass and let's go on to the next paragraph and hoodie. Could you read for us, please? Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie, a recovered compulsive overeater. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to make a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. And this is a pretty short paragraph, but... um, a very good for in my recovery. Um, we avoid retaliation or argument, and that's to me is proving to be right. the the need to prove that I am right, and um, and the other person is wrong. I don't have to, to act that way. And um, and I hear learn. I, I was like constantly being told, that, you know, restraint of tongue and pen is the best way, and just to close my mouth when things so things that I don't um bring fire to any more situation. I don't want to act that way anymore and today I am working on change. Today I I have a new um idea of how I wanna um live and I'm working and um by myself I can't do it myself but today I ask I ask God to help me. Help me to show us help me how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. And um, you know, back to page ninety eight, um looking forward to page ninety eight where it says you know, burn to the um. It says um, the only condition is that I trust in God and clean house. And today I get to do this, the step four. I get to clean out my past, clean out those resentments, that that selfishness, self-seeking behaviors, and my fears, so that I could just trust in God and and know that today He put these people in my life for my best interest. It's for me. It's for me to grow closer to him. And um, he is my director. He's my principal. I'm just his angel, angel, um, agent. And today, no longer for today, I am here to do his will and be loving to those he put in my life so that I could grow in, in an intimate relationship with my creator. And um, today, I don't have to forget where I belong through following these directions, cleaning my house, and doing and and um daily um doing my fourth um notes for four five six seven eight nine and then staying in ten eleven and twelve today I could work on change 
and um, invite God into my life to make that possible so that I could um, enjoy that serene serenity that um, I hear all I hear on the line every morning. And thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. And would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Hiya. I heard Hiya. I heard someone else. Kim. Kim. Okay, Hiya, and then Kim. Hi, everybody. This is Hiya, very grateful, recovered, compulsive eater, bulimic in Dallas, Texas, in Denver, Colorado. Thank you, Monica. Okay. We avoid retaliation, retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. So um, this, you know, sometimes, a lot of times people say, I'm afraid to do the fourth step. I'd be afraid not to do the fourth step. Um, this is where we, for me, and um, I've seen it in the just, it's amazing to witness this witness it when you are taking others through the steps where things start to shift. And the paragraph before really helped me with this because what I was able to do is first, you know, say perhaps they're sick, spiritually sick. Um, I know I was spiritually sick. That's why I was doing this process. And, um, you know, once I was able to have I ever done anything remotely similar to what I'm mad that that other person did to me or did? Um, and usually I, I have, was able to find something, in most cases, in certain situations. No, I never did anything like that. But for the most part, I've done a similar thing. You know, I'm mad at you for not inviting me to your birthday, your birthday party. Well, I've... I've skipped over people um, to things that I had, things like that. It gave me an even playing field. Um, and when I saw others as just just like me, um, it and then this instruction of avoiding retaliation or argument. So, you know, the first, if I was able to see, oh, wow, I, I can do that too, that made me a little bit softer. Even if not, it's telling me here, I'm going to avoid retaliation or argument. I can't retaliate and I can't argue because he wouldn't treat a sick person that way. And if I do, I'm destroying my chance of being helpful. See, when I took step three, I enlisted. I enlisted in God's army. And um, I now take orders from this higher power, which when I was going through this process, I didn't know this higher power very well. Um, that's the whole point of what we're doing here is to learn this skill set, as Kim calls it. Um, so my whole point here now is to try to be helpful to others. And God's going to show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. This is a process of I'm starting to, and the big book has this incredible way of slowly peeling and peeling and peeling away so that I can start to look at things differently and I can start to see that this is not about me it's preparing me for the next column but it's not about me God you show me how to take a kind and tolerant view of each and every one you show me 
how, how I can increase my chances of being helpful. We know that retaliating or arguing is not the way to do it. And um, I'm just so, so grateful that, um, you know, I was told that the directions are right here in this book, um, that the meetings, um, you know, general, you know, my OA meetings um, were a great support system, but that for me to get rid of my spiritual sickness, I call it spiritual cancer, I had to, um, which thank God there's a cure for it. There's a, there's a way to get totally in remission, and that's through this, this spiritual chemotherapy we have here. And this is the real, uh, this is it. So I'm so, so, so grateful to be recovered today and to use this on a daily basis. I use this step on a daily basis in, in step 10. Um, so we're learning how to do this here, and, and we can look right inside uh, for the directions. And if anyone's new, welcome. That's all. Thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Haya. And Kim, you're up. Morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. You know, the way I like to describe this is, is my younger brother is learning disabled, um, but you would not know that unless you talk to him. So, you know, I can go to, let's say, like a Chipotle grill or some sort of fast food restaurant, and I immediately see people get very frustrated because he only reads at like a second or third grade level even though he's 41 years old. And I can see their frustrations, but as he is trying to read the menu and order, I can see that click in, 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 the, in the, um, the clerk when they realize he's got some sort of mental disability. And immediately their face starts to soften, their compassion comes out, and they're wonderful to him. So I have to recognize I can't always see people's wounds. I can't always see how they are how they are hurt. You know, so if I can treat everyone as if they're a sick person, whether I can see if they're missing a leg or a limb or maybe they have a mental disability or maybe they had emotional or physical um, abuse as a child and that's why they're acting that way, then suddenly the whole world looks different. And when through this process, once again, once I got through the process, right now I'm in the muck and the mire. But when I got past 4 through 9 and I started to live in 10, 11, and 12, what I started to see was that everybody was doing the best that they could with what they knew at the time. And when I saw that, I could give people a break. Because maybe they weren't doing it the way I wanted, and maybe they weren't even doing it in a socially acceptable way, but if they were doing the best that they could, I could find compassion for them. And when I could find compassion for them, I could suddenly find compassion for me. Because let me tell you, I did not act in a, in a wonderful way all the time. But when I look back at those times that I was mean and I was angry and I was not good to other people, it didn't have nothing to do with them. It was I was hurting. I was having a hard time, and I struck out at other people. It's that saying, hurt people hurt people. And when I can view that world that way, I can view the world with patience, tolerance, pity, and kindness. You know, when I look back at, at how I held on to those kids that teased me when I was in grammar school in the 70s and the 80s and how mean they were and how much I wanted to make them wrong, and when I walked through this process and I saw, you know, I tease kids too. I was a bully at some points in my life, not because of them, but because if I could tease other kids 
first, then maybe the other bullies wouldn't tease me. It was a self-defense mechanism. Hurt other people, and maybe they won't hurt me. And if I can extend that same type of attitude towards those who have hurt me, then suddenly the world is much more compassionate. Suddenly I'm able to walk through the world lighter. Suddenly I'm able to look at you as a hurt person and how can I help you versus a mean person and how can I defend against you. So this skill set we're learning, this, this process that we're going through is going to get us to the other side where we're going to be able to walk through the world as a loving and compassionate person that's there to do God's will, that's there to help God's kids, that's there to see that other people are hurting and how can we relieve their hurt. So once again, we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? You sure may, Paula. Go ahead. And thank you, Monica, and thank you for your service today. I'm going to zero in on this, this line. It's quite the line. It's scooting down right to that last sentence. We cannot be helpful to all people. There's a turnaround. There's a turnaround. It wasn't helpful I wanted to be. And now I'm looking at things a different way. But even then with that, I cannot be helpful to all people. But at least, and I think this is not the least, this is absolutely amazing, but at least God will show us. He will show us. He demonstrates to us kindness, tolerance, pity, patience. It took me a long time to come to this place where I am to come to that state of recovered. This book was not for healthy people. This book came together for sick people. God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view. Finally, a view is how I see them. My vision, as it was said before, was distorted. It was distorted because what I saw I did to them. Never did I look I'm sorry, let me change that, what they did to me. Finally, to look at, did I not do the same thing? Perhaps not directly to them, but to another. Kindly intolerant view of each and every one. You may not be able to help them all, but this you can do. How I saw them, of each and every one. You want to talk about freedom? Free from anger? God saved me from being free from anger? I don't have to go there anymore. I don't have to live there and stay there. And doesn't it say just on the page before the same thing? If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. There's no living with anger. There's dying. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Maria. Maria. Anita. Go ahead. Uh, Maria. Who was that again? Mar- Maria. Anita. Anita. Okay. Maria and then Anita. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service and thank you to everyone who does service to make this meeting possible. I'm Maria and I'm a compulsive overeater in Wisconsin. And when I read that last sentence, what it tells me is that at a very minimum, each day I aim I should be aiming to be kindly and tolerant toward everyone. That's the minimum of how I should uh, be acting towards others. And as I grow in recovery, 
I can aim to be helpful to as many people as possible each day, but at a minimum, I should be walking through my day trying to be kindly and tolerant toward everyone. So that's the minimum standard, and as I go through my list of um, resentments, as I start to look at my own behavior toward those people on my list, the lens I'm looking through is was I kindly and tolerant or how was I not kind and how was I intolerant to those people? And that really helps me to start zoning in on my behavior and how I fell short of uh, what my aim is. Uh, which, again, is to be kindly and tolerant. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Anita, you're up. This is Anita. Go ahead, Anita. Hi. Um, This is Anita. I think I'm going to be recovered um, in Massachusetts. I just want to talk about where were we to blame And that is a fantastic question. Um, And I thought that in the 90s, I did this process. Well, I did do it in the 90s. But what didn't take was that it's lifelong. If you want the gifts, you have to live out of 10, 11, and 12. And in a haphazard way, all these years is how I've done it. And so you know what I got out of that. And... um, I am now exactly at this point uh, working again with somebody who who got recovery through this phone meeting, and now I'm on it. And since February 4th, it's my head has been free and clear, and so my stomach has been free and clear. And it's a just an unbelievable feeling. And the things that I'm learning as I finish up on this section and start my fears, I think, next week, um, is a word, for example, I never noticed before, which is competition. These people don't know I'm competing with them. I didn't even know I was. It's, it's such an eye-opener. Where am I to blame? Where am I to blame is how I've been looking at them and everything that came out of their mouths. It's, um, you know, I'm I'm not, in one way I'm embarrassed for myself, but in another way I'm, oh, thank you, God, for showing this to me. There's still time. I've been here since 1978, but there's still time. And um, I'm living out of it now to the best of my ability with such a gratitude that it's very hard to express, except that I know many of you know what I'm talking about. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. And this is Monica, and I'd like to share for a moment here. Um, We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. So this is important, very important here, where they're, you know, the big book is trying to get us to look at something differently here. You know, these people are sick too, Monica. What a concept. What a concept. And, but that, you know, that really made a big change for me and helped me. If I can look at someone else as a sick person, I'm a nurse. I did that for a, for a career. I could be most loving and caring to sick people all day long. 
but then come home. And I wasn't very loving and caring. And then it realized, you know, hey, Monica, you know, we're all sick in some way. We're all sick in some way. And the basic line, the bottom line for a lot of this was Monica had to learn to keep her mouth shut. Monica, shut your mouth. You don't know anything and shut your mouth. They are sick too. And that was such a change. They're sick too. Wow. Wow. Bless them. Change me. You know, and this whole process is about me changing. God is going to help us change. Because I cannot change anybody else, I cannot cure anybody else, and I cannot control anybody else. The only thing I can do is work with God and let Him change me. And what a miracle. If you don't like how life is going, if how free do you want to be? If you want to be free, do this work, and you will be. And with that, we've come to the end of our time here this morning. And I'd like to thank everyone who shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Kim, would you read that for us, please? Thank you, Monica. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.